Ashley Brock reading Dolores Fawson's book Grayson chapter 14. Eve got a Grayson Eve got out of Grayson's car and made her way up the steps of the ranch house despite the fact that someone had tried to kill them twice today her nerves were no longer firing on all cylinders thank god the bone weary fatigue was no doubt no doubt responsible for that the christmas lights helped too hard to think of murderers and attacks when there were hundreds of multicolored lights twinkling around her and then she stepped inside and knew this was the main source of her calmer nerves for reasons she didn't want to explore the ryland ranch always had and always would feel like home to her so many memories and they flooded through her easing away the rest of the tension Grayson walked in right behind her. He had his phone sandwiched between his ear and shoulder, a place it'd been during most of the drive from San Antonio back to the ranch. Along the way, he'd gotten several updates on the investigation, and Claude. Judging from the parts of this particular conversation, Grayson was talking with Claude's doctor. When the man had first collapsed at the SAPD precinct, Eve had thought he was faking it so he could put a quick end to the interview, but after he'd been rushed to the hospital and an ambulance... In an ambulance, the doctors had informed Grayson that Claude's condition was critical, so no more interviews until the man was stable. Whatever that would be. Claude is still touch and go. Grayson replied to her when he entered the call. He might not make it through the night. He slapped his phone shut and pulled in a long, weary breath. Eve understood that weariness. She wasn't fond of Claude, but if he died, he might take his secrets to the grave, especially one secret. Had he been the one responsible for Nina's death, or did that guilt lie with Sebastian, Annabelle, or even Cecilia? What about the DNA results? Eve wanted to know because she heard Grayson's phone conversation with Nate about that as well. Grayson shook his head. Nothing yet, but we should have preliminary results in an hour or two. He used the keypad on the wall to arm the security system. Nate's also checking to see if anyone else, including Cecilia, ran a DNA test on Nina. She thought about that for a moment. But Cecilia said she'd done the test. Why would she lie about something like that? Who knows? I'm still working that out, but I'm not ready to believe anything a courier says. Eve agreed. All of them seem to have something to hide. But the DNA results might be a start toward learning the truth. If Nina was indeed Sophia, then that only strengthened Sebastian and Annabelle's motives for murder. They might not have wanted to split Claude's estate three ways. Still, there were some things Eve hadn't been able to grasp. I understand why Claude might have had Nina killed, she commented. With his entitled attitude, he would have never admitted to having a drug-addicted daughter. But what about Cecilia? She seems more than willing to admit that Nina was hers, so why would she kill her? Thames, Grayson emphasized. That's why I want to see when, if, when and if Cecilia ran the DNA test. Ah, Eve got it then. Because the test could have been a cover-up, Nina could have confronted or even attempted to blackmail Cecilia, and Cecilia could have refused to believe that was her long-lost daughter. Cecilia could have had Nina killed out of anger. However, the woman wouldn't look like a major murder suspect if she told everyone that she knew Nina was truly Sophia. If Cecilia had done that, it was a smart move. Anyone home? Grayson called out. When no one answered, he headed for the kitchen, and Eve followed. She immediately spotted the note from Betsy on the double-door stainless steel fridge. Mason called. He and Nate are staying in town to work on the case. Grayson read aloud. Nate and the baby won't be home 
I haven't heard a peep from Cad. Dinner's in the fridge, and I'm heading out for girls' night at my sister's place in Saddle Springs. Give Eve a goodnight kiss for me, Bessie added with a smiley face. The woman's attempted humor didn't cause either Grayson or Eve to smile, but it did give Eve, it, but it did give Eve an uneasy feeling because she realized that Grayson and she were alone in the house. She glanced at Grayson in his quick look away, convinced her that he was aware of it as well. You'll need to eat, he reminded her. You too, she reminded him right back, but neither of them moved. They both stood there, staring at Bessie's note, while the air zinged around them. For a moment, Eve wondered if Grayson might act on that goodnight kiss after all, but he mumbled something about being hungry and pulled open the fridge door. There was a large baking dish with lasagna on the center shelf. She was suddenly starving. She knew from experience that Bessie was an amazing cook, but Eve decided both Grayson and she could use a little space to clear their heads. After all, in the past 24 hours, they had nearly been killed and had then gotten embroiled in a murder investigation. They also had sex. Even the fatigue couldn't erase that the too familiar tingling she still felt, and that was another huge reason for a little clearing space. I think I'll take a shower before I eat, Eve told him. Grayson didn't have time to respond because his cell phone rang. Eve waited just a few seconds to make sure it wasn't critical, but when she realized it was the youngest Rylan cad calling for an update about the investigation, she excused herself and went to the guest suite. Eve intended to head straight for the shower, but she saw the photo album on the guest bed. The leather cover had probably once been white, but had aged to a rich cream color and was thick at least three inches. Here's your Christmas present. Thought you'd like copies of some old memories, was written on a sticky note. Love, Bessie. She was reasonably sure she didn't need any more memories or copies of memories, but Eve sat on the edge of the bed and opened it. The first picture was of Boone and Marcy Ryland, Grayson's parents, on their wedding day. They were both smiling, and there was no hints of the troubles to come 19 years later when Boone would walk out on Marcy and his six sons. A few months after that, Marcy would have taken her own life. What a waste. So many lives had been changed because of Boone's departure, especially Grayson's. If he hadn't had to raise his brothers, he might have wanted a family of his own. But it hurt Eve too much to dwell on that particular if. Eve turned the page to Grayson's baby picture, probably taken when he was no more than a day or two old. She smiled. If she was indeed pregnant, then this was a glimpse of how her baby could look. She flipped through the pages, each of them snapshots of time. Grayson's first horseback ride, barely a toddler in the saddle, his first day of school, and then Eve was in the picture, literally. Nearly all the subsequent pages had photos of her with the Ryland family. Christmas, Easter, birthdays. She'd been a part of them, always engulfed in those strong arms that had always given her so much love. She ached to be part of that again, but knew it was a loss forever. The ultimatum she'd given Grayson all those years ago had sealed her fate and separated her from him and his family forever, or had it. Her mind began to spin with the possibility of her baby being part of this, not permanently part of the family, but maybe visit so the baby would know his or her bloodline, but she forced herself to stop. She made the deal with Grayson. If he got her pregnant, that would be it. No strings attached. So her fate was sealed. Her baby's fate, too. One way or another, she would leave as soon as it was safe. Eve blinked back tears, but more followed. She was still swiping them away when the house phone rang. She glanced at the caller ID screen and saw that it was Amelia Annabelle Collier. 
Since this could be important, she laid the album aside and hurried downstairs. Grayson was in the kitchen where he was already talking to Annabelle, and he had put the call on speaker. I'm listening, he said to Annabelle. Annabelle didn't say anything for several seconds. I'm not sure how to say this, Grayson up. Try, he insisted. He looked at Eve then, and his right eyebrow slid up, questioning her about something. When she shook her head, Grayson went to her and touched her cheek, or so she thought, but not a real touch. He wiped away a stray tear. You okay, he mouthed. Eve moved away from him and thankfully didn't have to explain anything because Annabelle continued. I lied to you, the woman confessed. Grayson didn't huff this time, but he looked as if he wanted to do just that. Which lie would that be? About the diamond bracelet, it was mine. I figured you would discover that when you had it tested, so I decided to come clean. I gave it to Nina, hoping it would convince her to leave. Now Eve was the one to huff. The colliers were certainly free with their lies, and she didn't think it was a coincidence that the lies seemed to be attempts to prevent them from being charged with murder. Then Cecilia was right. Grayson took out a plate of heated lasagna from the microwave and handed it to Eve. Cecilia was trying to make me sound guilty. That's the only reason she had the bracelet. She wants to incriminate me. Eve got them both out some silverware and paper napkins and sat at the counter. Grayson got out two long-necked beers and his plates. He looked at her, studied her, maybe trying to figure out what had caused those tears. The question you should be asking yourself is how Cecilia got that bracelet in the first place, Annabelle went on, because I seriously doubt Nina freely gave it to her. That bracelet was worth thousands, and a druggie like Nina wouldn't have handed it over without a fight. Are you saying Cecilia killed Nina and took the bracelet? Grayson didn't wait. He sat and started to eat. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. But then Annabelle paused. Or maybe Sebastian killed her and gave her the bracelet to his mother he could have done it to try to incriminate me too sebastian sebastian Grayson repeated i wonder when this conversation would turn to him what do you mean annabelle accused he had a gulp of beer first and another look at eve i mean your husband is dying by tomorrow morning you could be a wealthy widow thanks to your huge inheritance if sebastian went out of the picture You'd have double the wealth and no pesky stepchildren around to cash in their daddy's will. Annabelle made a sound about it. I didn't kill anyone, she practically shouted. Maybe. Can you say the same for your husband? Grayson challenged. Silence. The moments crawled by. Bye. And Grayson continued to sip his beer. The glances at her continued, too. What didn't happen was a denial from Annabelle about her husband's innocence. If Claude recovers, you'll have to ask him that. <laughs> Annabelle's voice was no longer hot with anger. It was ice cold and impatient. I will, Grayson assured her. Now tell me why you gave me the memory card with the photos. She paused again. Because I knew something wasn't right when Nina showed up. Claude and Sebastian were having secret conversations, and Cecilia kept calling. I didn't know Nina was going to die, but I thought I might need proof. Proof of what? Grayson pressed. That didn't have anything to do with her, her life or her death. Well, the pictures don't prove that. Of course they did not. They did prove that all their suspects had had close contact with the woman who was murdered. Even if Annabelle hadn't taken the pictures herself, she had get, certainly been aware of them. I didn't kill her, Annabelle insisted. Now that I've told you about the bracelet, we have nothing further to discuss.
and she hung up. Without taking his attention off Eve, he leaned over and pressed the end button on the phone. Since his stare was making her uncomfortable, he focused on the square of lasagna in front of her. Why are you looking at me like that? She finally asked. Grayson opened his mouth, closed it, and the staring continued. Eve decided she'd just spill it. I was crying because I'd been looking at a photo album that Bessie gave me for Christmas. Old memories, she settled for saying. Oh, and judging from his tone, that was not the answer he'd expected. I thought maybe, well, I thought you learned you weren't pregnant. Now it was her turn to say, oh. He'd seen the tears and assumed the worst, or maybe in his case, the best. That maybe she got in her period, however, that wouldn't be just bad news. It would break her heart. No. Since the lasagna suddenly wasn't settling with her stomach, Eve got up so she could put it back in the fridge. I won't know until next week. Okay, he nodded, repeating it. She could feel his regret, his doubts, and Eve was just too tired to go there. She rolled back around to remind him that from here on, he wasn't part of her life, but Grayson stood and whirled around at the same time, and they practically smacked right in, smacked right into each other. Eve started to move back, way back, but Grayson caught onto her arm, anchoring her in place. She could have shaken off his grip, of course, but she didn't. I can't do this, she managed to say. His eyebrow came up again, and he was obviously waiting for an explanation of what specifically she couldn't do. But Eve hesitated one second too long, and in that second, she got caught up in Grayson's eyes, his scent, his touch. She'd never been able to resist him, never, and apparently tonight was no different. I can't either, he answered. Though she had no idea what he meant by that, she soon learned, though. Grayson leaned in and put his mouth on hers. It was just a touch, barely qualified as a kiss, but this was Grayson. He could make her melt with a simple brush of his mouth, and she forgot all the arguments she had going through her head about why she couldn't do this. Kissing would only lead to more complications. Still, Eve moved closer. She hooked her arm around the back of his neck and eased him down to her. His mouth pressed harder, and that barely a kiss became a real one. He snapped her to him, body to body, and took her mouth the way he always had. He was clever and thorough, and any thought of resisting him flew right out the window. In fact, she did the opposite of resisting. Eve got even closer, sliding her hands down his back and adjusting their positions so that the kiss turned to a full-body contact. Yes, there were clothes between them, but she knew his body so well that she had no trouble filling in the blanks of how it would feel to have him naked against her. You still can't, he mumbled against her mouth, his mouth. She couldn't answer because the kiss turned French and scalding hot. She had breath left to speak. She wouldn't have used it to state the obvious, because clearly she could. Couldn't she? This wouldn't be lab sex for the purpose of getting her pregnant. This would be like old times. And then what? Eve forced herself to consider. Then what? Grayson cursed, and for a moment she thought he reached the same then what roadblock that she had. It took her a moment to realize he was cursing because his phone was ringing. She hadn't heard it over the roar in her head. It's night. Grayson let her know after he glanced down at the screen. He flipped the cell open and jabbed the speaker button. He also leaned against the kitchen counter and tried to level his breathing. Eve did the same, though it would take more than a, some deep rest to get back to normal. 
Please tell me you have good news, he greeted Nate. Well, it's news, Nate explained. I'll let you decide if it's good or not. Just got the preliminary DNA results, and that Manning was indeed Sophia Collier. So there was the proof that at least some of the Colliers weren't going to like, because that proof was also motive. I did a statewide search of labs that had tested Sophia's DNA, Nate continued, and I couldn't find any record that Cecilia had requested a test. Another lie, and Eve was betting that Cecilia would just lie again when Grayson questioned her about it. Eve huffed. Would they earn? Would they ever learn the truth so that Sophia's killer could be brought to justice and so that she could finally get on with her life? She looked at Grayson and felt his kiss still burned in her mouth. Maybe getting on with her life wasn't even possible. That kiss had proven that she would never get Grayson out of her blood and out of her system. Never. But someone else did request a test on Sophia's DNA, Nate added. That caught Eve's attention. That happened just three days before Sophia was murdered. Oh, Grayson and Eve said in unison. Sebastian, Nate answered. Eve saw the surprise in Grayson's eyes. Sebastian had denied that Nina was his sister, but yet he obviously knew the truth because he had her DNA tested. You're positive about this, Grayson pressed positive and i have proof sebastian tried to cover up the payment for the test by using cash but the lab has 24 7 surveillance we have footage of him going into the lab and then picking up the results what kind of timeline are we looking at for this did sebastian have the dna results before nina was murdered grayson wanted to know oh yeah nation assured him he had them all right less than 24 hours after he got the results that confirmed Nina was his sister. Someone killed her. Grayson shook his head, mumbled something. Then as far as I'm concerned, that makes Sebastian Collier our number one suspect. Eve agreed, and judging from the sound he made, apparently so did Nate. So what do you want me to do? Nate asked Grayson. Grayson didn't even hesitate. Pick up Sebastian and put him in a holding cell. I'll be at SAPD first thing in the morning to read him his rights and arrest him. End of chapter 14.